www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate to make a difference today. Here on Reality Check Radio, it's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. I've been very lucky. I've had a lot of jobs and there was only one job I didn't love. Isn't that crazy? I enjoyed every job I did from picking raspberries to weeding a paddock of mangles uh, to truck driving to working in forestry, working on a big uh, construction job in the Shetlands to working on oil rigs, working in a sawmill. I loved them all. Uh, Oh, except (laughs) I got really, really sick of working on a construction job in the Shetlands. And the reason I got sick of it was I was only doing it for the money because I figured I needed, I was making very good money. And I felt that I worked out how much I needed to spend a year traveling on my own home to New Zealand, overland, and then to get home and have some money so I could go back to university. And I set myself a goal to earn this much money. I can't remember how much it was, but it meant that I had to stay working there for another year. And I really got to despise the job because I was just turning up, doing it to get paid. And I resolved as a very young person that never again would I work for money, just for money. Money could never be enough. It had to be an enjoyable job for which you got paid. It's the only job I didn't like because I was doing it for the money, not because of the job. And I didn't feel productive. It was a very slow job. So you couldn't get on and do things. That said, the jobs that I worked in were dangerous. And I have seen men injured and killed. And it's not at all pleasant. And in many ways, I very much appreciate New Zealand now because we have a heightened safety focus. And I think that's a good thing. But I don't like the way we go about it with government. And I remember sitting in Parliament one day and there was Ruth Dyson. She was workplace safety or something minister. My God, can you imagine having a politician in charge of workplace safety? And she said she introduced some new legislation to make it more and more regulated at the workplace. And she said she wouldn't stop until there were no accidents. And you look at that and you think, it's just not human nature. That's just preposterous. And we all accept some level of risk in our days. And we hop in our car, we get out of bed, and we work with it. And we do take care. But the responsibility has to be somewhat with us. And, of course, you can't put people into a dangerous place maliciously or negligently. But this idea of tick boxing and form filling and safety meetings, way over the top now. Oh, my goodness. And in a way, it means that we take less personal responsibility because we expect to be warned about dangers rather than being ready for them and prepared for them. I notice the way people drive now. I was brought up driving that you always went around a corner expecting something to be there 
not moving and to take care. So you go around the corner gingerly, waiting for the unexpected, expecting the unexpected. Now, if there's not a cone warning us, we drive like a blind corner as though it's going to be as good as gold because if there was not a problem, there'd be a cone, right? And it's the same in the workplace. People just walk around sort of switched off, zoned out because if there's something dangerous, we'll be told, right? Nope. You actually have to be awake to it. All the jobs I did, I can't remember one safety briefing. But we'd look out for each other and we were careful. But this health and safety now has become something sinister and a little scary because it's health and safety that's used to shut people down free speech. Don Brash couldn't speak at Massey University. Health and safety issues because some people might be upset by what he said. Even though they didn't go to his lecture, they could still be upset, so we can't have him. But this latest one, on the back of Susie Wiles, is really odd, because more than 100 academics at the University of Auckland have signed a letter to the leadership that says high-profile staff are not being protected by the university. The headline says, More than 100 University Auckland academics signed letter complaining of unsafe workplace. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't believe it when I got a job working at a university as a lecturer. I thought I had made it and got to heaven. No, I didn't have to clock in. I could turn up when I liked. But I loved it so much, I was there first thing and was last to leave. But you'd rock on up go to your office, had a big desk filled with books and you were paid to read them. You were paid to think about them. You were paid to do analysis of data, to collect data and write it up. Oh my goodness, how wonderful is that? Oh, and then you'd go off to a seminar with other academics and discuss and debate the ideas you were working on. And then you'd share what you'd learned with students, which was the best part. Hundreds of students. Oh, I loved it. And they'd come and see you and ask you questions and how did this work and how does this work? And you were sitting at this desk and it was the strangest thing because I thought, man, I don't get wet when it rains. I don't get cold when it's cold outside. And I go to work knowing I'm going to come home in one piece. But now at the University of Auckland, it's not safe because they say they no longer felt comfortable speaking publicly or to the media for fear of threats and harassment. Well, that's easily fixed. Don't. Just don't do it. If you're scared of that, don't do it. The open letter signed by 129 academics followed an employment court hearing in which high-profile microbiologist Saucy Wiles argued the university had failed to protect her from a tsunami of threats which followed her commentary on the COVID-19 pandemic. A ruling has yet to be made in the case. The open letter to the University Council says, in the absence of a court ruling, academics, quote, remain exposed to psychological and physical harm while carrying out our work. As This is quoting, 
as racist, transphobic, anti-Semitic, and Islamophobic hate has been rising globally, we are particularly concerned for marginalized groups, including Maori, Pacific, transgender, and non-binary colleagues. We're also concerned that recent politicized conversation around gun control, free speech, and hate speech legislation, as well as public questioning of equity-orientated initiatives in university education, is likely to embolden fringe elements. What precious little pups. They're going off to university to sit in an office, and they're scared for their safety. That's just insane. How do they think how do they think the rest of people go working in construction and all sorts of jobs that actually are different to working in an office? And how rude is it that you put ideas out into the public that'll lock us down, shut us up, arrest what we can think about, stop us? divide us racially, divide us by medical status. And when we argue with you, oh, we're the nasty ones. We're all those things. We argue about that a boy's a boy and a girl's a girl. Oh, you're transphobic. It's dangerous. Oh, you're a white supremacist. Dangerous. No, no. What's dangerous are the thoughts in the university. That's a poison. That's a danger. That's a toxicity. And so strange and twisted is it that they're sitting in a cushy office and want to be protected from the world? Oh, my. Oh, my. Defund the universities, I say. I can't see what good purpose they're serving. If my kids want to go to university, they'll be sat down and they'll be writing out an essay on what they want to achieve. I can understand it if you want to be a doctor. Only way to do it is to go to university. I can understand it, I guess, if you want to be an accountant. Got to go to university. Or a lawyer. Or an engineer. But what fraction of students at a university now are doing that and are those students that are doing that having to take other courses gender equity courses and such like no defund the universities and stop this nonsense of these precious little pups feeling scared because of the public actually and are being too scared to speak up. Well, no one's no one's requiring that you speak up. No one's requiring that you go in the newspaper and say nutty stuff. If it frightens you, don't do it. But how do you think the rest of us feel? How do you think it was like when we were saying, hey, we don't want to be locked down. Hey, we don't want to be jabbed. And it was the very people at these universities who were attacking us and attacking their colleagues or if you say that there should be one standard of citizenship, university act academics would call you a racist. And that really does open you up to attack because we don't like racists. But actually the people that are asking for one standard of citizenship, we're the ones opposing racism.
send us a text 2057 email us inbox at radio. thank you so much for listening thank you for tuning in to 